Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Big East Barroom offseason edition after a long break that spanned a lot of June, except with a Butler episode in there. We are back. Ryan, how are you doing? How's it feel to be back into the college basketball, you know, grind here? You know, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking today this morning, I was like, man, I miss college basketball. I really do. Just having something to watch every night. You know, what I mean, just getting to watch these kids um perform and compete every day it's such a joy i was just thinking of that so not great actually thank you for bringing it up you are a red Sox fan so i understand why you don't have something to watch every night yeah they're not competing so no my yankees have made it a little bit easier but they have still been infuriating at times right since we talked last we've had a lot of things happen college basketball wise it's kind of that last gasp before you really hit those long months of july august and september um, we had the NBA draft where a bunch of our Big East players went. A friend of the pod went as well. We've had some summer league invites. Um, and then at the end of this episode, we were lucky enough to have Quincy Oliveri come on from Xavier, who was, I think he kind of blew me away with um his personableness. I don't know if that kind of stood out to you. Mature and well-spoken. Those were the two things that jumped out to me. Yeah. And articulate, funny, like he was right He was 100% ready, you know, high quality player. So we're excited for you guys to get to meet Quincy a little bit and, uh, you know, hear what he has to say. He talks a lot about, you know, the coaches he's had and stuff like that and who made him into the man he is. So stay tuned at the end of the episode. But before that, Rye, June, whatever, we had an NBA draft. And it was a much better NBA draft for the Big East this year than it was the previous year when we only had Tyrese Martin go late in the second round. This year, we had many players go. So, want to put three minutes on the clock and we'll do some NBA draft talk? Surely. All right. So, the Big East had five guys go in the NBA draft. You had Jordan Hawkins go. Six guys. I was informing me there were six guys on this. Oh, I might be wrong. I was trying to count that Jordan Hawkins was the first player drafted. Okay. So you had Jordan Hawkins go 14th to the New Orleans Pelicans. You had Cam Whitmore go 20th to the Houston Rockets. You had Olivia Maxis Prosper go 24th to the Dallas Mavericks. You had Colby Jones go 34th to the Charlotte Hornets. You had Andre Jackson go 36th to the Milwaukee Bucks. There were five guys I had it on the first try. Tyler, what jumped out to you? Colby Jones was immediately traded to the Sacramento Kings, which is important to note. Um, he was drafted by the Hornets, but then traded. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to talk about Whitmore in its own segment a little bit, but I think the landing spot for Jordan Hawkins and Andre Jackson um, is really good. Jordan Hawkins is going to be surrounded by a really young and fun team, especially if Zion can stay away from adult film stars. Um, and the Andre Jackson gets to learn from Giannis, who... I don't, I'm not trying to ever say that anybody will become Giannis. Giannis is a top 30 player of all time already, but Giannis does not shoot the basketball very well. Giannis is about six foot eight. Um, You know, Giannis is freakishly athletic. So even if he is, can try to think of it as a light version of it, I think it's such a good landing spot. And anytime you get to play with Luka Doncic, Omax, you are a very lucky player. And I, I was really worried about Colby Jones getting drafted as a Hornet because I have severe PTSD from the Kemba Walker and James Booknight years. But to go to the Sacramento Kings, who are one of the most up-and-coming teams in the NBA too, he's going to fit right in there too. So I feel like we just really landed well. Sorry, Cam Whitmore, you are on a dysfunctional team in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I um, And I absolutely agree with what you said about Andre Jackson going to Milwaukee Bucks, the program that seems to really highlight high-character guys, winning culture. Um, they already have their superstar, so they're looking for pieces that can go around him that contribute to an NBA championship. Well, we just saw Andre Jackson contribute to a championship, so um, I think that's a perfect spot for him. I love Omax going to the Mavericks. Uh, 
you know, ton of potential. He doesn't have to be a star, but he can go right in. He can be a wing defender. He can shoot the three ball and, and contribute immediately. So I agree with you. I was really happy to see Jordan Hawkins move up into the lottery, which was not originally projected, but he slides up into the lottery, becoming one of UConn's lottery picks. He'll have his banner hung. Um, so I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Jordan Hawkins does in the NBA. He is already the perfect player um, to come in and contribute right away. His floor is really high, I've been saying. Um, so I'm really excited for that as well. And then I think it'd be I'd be remiss to not just speak a little bit more on Colby Jones and that culture that he's going into with the Darian Fox and a Sabonis. Um, he is going to be a really good glue guy, which is a great situation to come in right away. So Four of the five players landed in a perfect spot for me. Um, and I'm really excited to see where they land. I I guess if I was to say anything negative about any of it, the Mavericks just re-signed Kyrie yesterday. Um, that team could be in disarray in five minutes. I know what that means. Absolutely. Tyler, prediction, who has the best uh, rookie year next year? Statistically, I think it'll be Jordan Hawkins. Um, I think he's just going to be able to score. He's going to be a double-digit score from day one. Um, off the bench, but team success. I think Colby Jones has a really good chance to be a big part of a team that's really trending in the right direction. I agree. And I think Colby Jones is NBA ready today. I mean, he's strong, mature, makes good decisions. He's ready to get on the court. Yeah. All right. But let's talk, let's put a few more minutes on the clock and let's just talk specifically Cam Whitmore. Some stuff coming out recently about Kyle Neptune potentially underselling Cam Whitmore to some NBA teams who asked about him. Tyler, what did you make of that? Uh, it's bullshit. So unfortunately, when you are a college head coach, your job, like you don't, he's not relying on the success of NBA teams. Like he doesn't need NBA teams to be in his corner. Yeah, it works. But if you have NBA talent at Villanova's level, you are going to eventually get drafted. You don't need to network Kyle Neptune. Your job was to sit there. If it happened, let's be clear, because there has not been anything confirmed. If Kyle Neptune talked down on Cam Whitmore, that is a really, really bad indictment on him. Because if you're an NBA prospect looking to go to a school, why would you ever even consider Villanova if that is true? I think it's a damaging report for Kyle Neptune. I think it, you know, especially if Cam Whitmore comes out and balls out a little bit too. Um, Listen, my issue with a lot of the NBA teams too is, you talk about his character, Cam Whitmore, if that's, you know, if it's medicals, I understand, but if it's character issues, Brandon Miller killed a guy and he's number two. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like you, you, you're, you have Cam Whitmore is a bad guy. So he slips to 20, but Brandon Miller helps kill a guy and he goes number two. Like their talent level wasn't that much different. And nobody was saying he was a bad guy. They're saying he didn't wow them in the interview. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know that was the job you were like interviewing him for was how good he was going to public speak. I thought he was supposed to go play basketball. I just watched him win freshman of the year in the best conference in America. Okay. The, the guy's got it. He's a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He wins freshman of the year in the best conference in America. I've seen nothing to suggest he will not be successful at the next level, but because he didn't interview well, you're going to drop him 15 spots. It's it, And it would be one thing if Cam Whitmore was like a 20th overall pick and like he was, and then he slid down to 30, but this guy was a top five pick who slid down to 20 that's a huge jump that and I will again let me you know get myself out here if the medicals are bad I understand NBA teams don't want to take a risk that's their future that's their you know that's where they make their money but if it was just the interviews and a combination of Kyle Neptune saying anything Villanova's in a rough way for a while um, because they're not going to get this type of player who wants to come back there yeah absolutely I'm not sure Kyle you know, Cam Whitmore was Jay Wright's last recruit, so I don't know if Neptune's bringing in any five stars in that way anyway, but yeah. this definitely isn't going to help you. And Kyle Neptune, you didn't really wow me this season either, bud, so how about we took it, take a look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I didn't get everything out of Cam Whitmore, and that's a me problem, not a him problem, because he's an 18-year-old freshman. Cam Whitmore did everything Villanova asked him to do. He played the five at points last season when they went to small ball. He found a way to contribute to the team. He was instrumental to them making that comeback at the end of the season. I don't understand. He's 18 years old. Let's stop acting like 18-year-olds have to be finished products as men. Like, 
you're not a finished product at 18 years old. I was I, 30 years old. I do dumb shit. Like, are you telling me at 18 years old, this kid couldn't have had an attitude problem that could be fixed? Like, come on, this is whatever happened with Cam Whitmore. If it's not medicals, I really want to talk to some NBA teams. Yeah. I am putting heavy money on Cam Whitmore to make a lot of people look dumb. I really oh. do believe that. I think he was everything he was uh, advertised to be. All right. So after the NBA draft, comes the NBA Summer League, which will be starting shortly. Uh, I don't know if you want to pull up the schedule. Well, I'm going to run through all of the Big East alumni that have been announced into the NBA Summer League at this point. Would you do me a favor and sing them all, please? It is a long list. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it, but Tyler asked me to. So we're going to run through all of them, and uh, this way, maybe you don't know your favorite players playing. Well, let's uh, go. Monday, July 3rd, we start the Summer League. Uh, Montez Mathis of St. John's will be playing on the Magic. Jay Van Johnson from DePaul will be playing on the Warriors. Adam Kunkel from Xavier will be playing on the Warriors. Jamal Kane from Marquette will be on the Heat. Caleb Daniels from Villanova will be on the Heat. Ed Croswell from Providence will be in the Jazz. Nick Angenda from DePaul will be on the Jazz. Sule Boom from Xavier on the Kings with his buddy Colby Jones on the Kings. Alex O'Connell from Creighton also on the Kings. Julian Champagny from St. John's will be with the Spurs. He just signed a big contract. Congratulations to Champ. Omax from Marquette on the Mavericks. Book Knight from UConn on the Hornets. J- Javon Freeman Liberty from DePaul on the Bulls with Adama Sanogo from UConn and Justin Lewis from Marquette all on the Bulls. Andre Jackson from UConn on the Bucks. Justin Manaya from Providence on the Trailblazers. Jack Nunji from Xavier and Jared Roden from Seton Hall both on the Pistons. David Duke from Providence and Jamarco Pickett from Georgetown both on the Nets. Um, Iminu Muhammad from Georgetown on the Grizzlies with Manny Bates from Butler also on the Grizzlies Kamar Baldwin from Butler on the Celtics Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova will be on the Thunder and your boy Congo SP from Villanova will be on the Denver Nuggets Summer League team Tyler, any of those you didn't know? Uh, no, but I did write down four names that I thought we could talk about with that um, First of all, it's important to note in the Summer League, there are tiers Right. So James Booknight is playing in the summer league, but is guaranteed a spot on the Hornets roster. Right. Like, so, like maybe not on the NBA roster at all times because he does go down to the G League, but James Booknight is there to sharpen his skills. Jack Nunji is playing in the G League, respectfully, probably more as a filler to be a player and can impress maybe to get a two way contract or a G League contract. There, are, I think it's really important to note that there are much different tiers. Um, for the what's going on in the G League. Yes, absolutely. Colby Jones is guaranteed a contract because he yes. was a first-round pick. Sule Boom is playing with him, but um, is does not have any contract other than to get paid to play in the Summer League. I think they get paid by the day if you just have a Summer League contract. Um, Yeah, so it's I think that's really – um. but we do want to note that the Summer League can be very profitable. I believe Tyrese Martin did not sign his two-year deal until – at least part of the summer league was done last year. Um, so you can make guaranteed money playing in the summer league. People are always looking for two way guys who are willing to, you know, go to the G league and come up. Um, so don't take it for granted. I believe Julian Champagne last year was on a uh, two way contract and played in the summer league and just got a guaranteed contract with the Spurs. Yes, sir. Um, so the four names I wrote down and I just said one Julian Champagne of St. John's signed a contract with the Spurs. One of the great stories of the big East guy came up and, um, you know, and from a team that he was undrafted and he ends up, you know, playing really well down the stretch and gets a guaranteed contract out of it. Um, I think we'd be remiss to not mention one of our good friends of the podcast, Sule Boom, um, who is a Sacramento King, which I believe in our interview or maybe right off of our interview, we said, wouldn't it be funny if you played for the Kings and you got to be on the summer league team as Colby Jones. So we'll take 95% of the credit there. Um, Javon Johnson, Signed a guaranteed one-year deal, I believe, with the Warriors, correct? Yeah, but it could be an exhibition 10 or it could be a two-way deal. We don't know. Uh, The details of that contract weren't released yet. But it was weird the way they worded it. They said, like, oh, it's a one-year deal. They didn't say it's a two-way or, you know, a summer league or whatever. So hopefully that means that somebody's willing to take a chance on Javon Johnson and let him play because he's a hell of a shot maker um, who played at DePaul last year. Um, And I think the last player we need to talk about is – the player, uh, most outstanding player of the Final Four, um, Mr. Adama Sinogo, who signed m- minutes after the NBA draft ended with the Chicago Bulls. Do you have anything on that? Do you want to, you know, highlight that at all? Um, because I think that's just one of those names that kind of shocks people that didn't get drafted. 
Yeah, they don't like him because he's about two or three inches shorter than he, they want him to be. He was won an NBA championship. He's a two-time All-Big East first teamer, the most outstanding player of the NCAA tournament. To me, that suggests he's a pretty darn good basketball player at whatever size he's playing at, but the well, NBA drafts in a very strange way. Well, Ryan, he can't, he's not coachable. He didn't, imp- oh, wait, he shot 36% from three last year after not making one for the last two years and pe- hit his career high in assists at multiple times last year, I believe at one time in the tournament, correct? Does nothing but exactly what the team needs him to do, learns new skills if the team needs him to do it. I mean, it, you know, who reminds me of is Colin Gillespie last year, signs a two-way deal with the Nuggets minutes afterwards. Obviously, we haven't got to see him play yet, but he's had a pretty successful time on the bench being a, a team guy there. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm rooting for – I think Adama Sanogo is going to prove people wrong. I also think that uh, Justin Lewis this year for the Bulls might be someone that we finally are talking about. He needed another year of college. Maybe he got that experience um, in the G League last year. Yeah, he was. He got an injury at a tough time right after yeah. you know signing a two way deal. So we'll see what he can do. All right, so that's the end of the summer league talk. So we had a little game we wanted to play right before we go to the Quincy Oliveri game. Since we're talking Big East NBA teams, we thought we would draft our starting five Big East NBA players. And. These players are playing in the NBA now. And I think, Ryan, we have agreed that it doesn't really matter if they were in the Big East um, when they played. Like if you put, pick Doug McDermott, for example, which I don't know if you'd pick him. Um, he only played the last season in the Big East. So I think it's teams that are in the Big East now alumni, correct? Yes, yeah, I agree. All right. So you want to you wanna take first pick, second pick? What I'd like to take first pick because I categorically have less NBA knowledge than you. so I'm And probably- we're doing a snake draft, obviously, so I'll take the second and third pick. Uh, that doesn't seem right. So you can't just get the first and third and fifth pick. So I'll be it's taking- fine because if you get the first pick on this draft, it's a really clear 1-1. One, one. I'm going to take Jimmy Butler here. Damn it. That was my uh, that was my 1-1, one, one, obviously, of who I would have taken. Um, absolute stud in the NBA and uh, really led people. This year. So I had my list up, but now I seem to have lost it. Nope. Found it again. Ryan, I am going to take somebody who really broke out this year. And let's talk about that Villanova mindset again. I'm going to take Mikel Bridges as my number one overall pick. Um, I think he's a plus defender. And because I'm taking the third pick as well in the draft, I'm going to take the other guy from Villanova, who is one of the best breakout players in the NBA. And I'm going to take Jalen Brunson as my second pick. Yeah, I like Jalen Brunson as a, as a at number two. But since you had the third pick anyway, I think Jalen Brunson is, you know, clearly the second best. I think Bridges, player. Bridges, when he got traded in the Nets, averaged like 28 points a game. So it's like, um, yeah, I mean. What's his face did it all last year? Um, Jalen Brunson, but Mikel Bridges is a hell of a player. So that means I have two picks in a row here. If I'm following your theory, I guess we could do that. So then I would take, I'm going to take Kyle Lowry. He's a little older, but he's probably the best point guard on the, on the board at this point. So, and then I'm going to take Josh Hart, but I'm going to play the, at the one, two, three, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Josh Hart. I mean, I think that's a good pick. Um, Kyle Lowry did come off the bench a lot for the Heat, but the Heat made the NBA Finals. So <laughs> who really cares if he's coming off the bench? Right. I have the next pick, and I'm just going to take the guy where at the least position. I'm going to take Andre Drummond of UConn. Um, I know that he is not the same player anymore, but he still rebounds. I believe he posted this the other day but I believe he averages the third most rebounds per game of all time, which is a crazy thing when you think about Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, I believe are one and two. Um, and I believe Andre Jumman is three. Um, somebody feel free to correct me on that, but you're probably wrong and I'm probably right. I don't want to miss anybody. Obviously I need a couple big men. You already took Mikel Bridges, right? Yeah, but I'm playing Bridges at my three. I thought he plays four on the nets, no? I mean, the NBA is so weird in terms of their positional – um value oh, that you know who i should be taking right now even yeah, if i'm yeah. playing small ball i'm gonna take yeah. gordon hayward yeah i know that was that was my guy who i was gonna take he's the best player available yeah frankly i probably should have taken him before Hart, and i had forgotten about him so i'll sneak him in now yeah i mean he is a really good um glue guy especially 
Um, and he can give you 20 a game, although he hasn't been the same player over the last few years. We're rooting for a bounce back from Mr. Um, Gordon Hayward. Ryan, can I um have permission to break a rule already, please? Yeah, sure. Do what you want. Cool. I'm going to take Jordan Hawkins. Okay. It's <laughs> a good pick. I think he is the best two available. I, if I'm going to play Bridges at the three or the four um, and Brunson at the one. So you're taking Hawkins over Struess? Yeah, I yeah, I think that's fair to, for you to question. Um, I think Struess kind of bursted on the scene. I think Hawkins' ceiling is higher, but Struess's floor is higher, if that makes sense. And Hawkins already has a high floor. It's weird floor talk today. Yeah. To to dive into the floors anytime you're an unproved, you haven't even played your rookie year, we don't know where your floor is exactly in the NBA. So I think that that's true. a fair point. Fifth? No, that's my fourth. I've right now I have Brunson, Hawkins, Bridges, and Drummond. Does that mean you're gonna take Max Drews? No, Max I need five. Who's your fifth pick? Oh, I'm going Jeremiah Robinson. Or I believe he's the only guy who can even play the five, um, other than Drummond, uh, that I'm seeing on this list. Probably. So I'm playing real small ball. Unless we really are just missing someone. Um, so I need a four. I don't want to cheat. Oh, I'm gonna take Sadiq Bay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, he was really good with the Pistons this year. I believe he has a good contract. Ryan, do you know your team off the top of your head? Yeah, Kyle Lowry at the one, Jimmy Butler. Taylor Brunson's better, to be clear. Kyle B- Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Josh Jimmy Butler. Hart, Gordon Hayward, Jeremiah Robinson. Okay, so Jalen Brunson's better than Kyle Lowry, but Jimmy Butler's better than Jordan Hawkins. Who did you have at three? Josh Hart. Mikael Bridges is better than him, but Gordon Hayward, I'd say better than Sadiq Bey and Andre Drummond. So I'll take three out of th- – wow, you had the first pick and I took three out of five? I have the best player on the court. That's weird because Jalen Brunson, I believe, you know, says hello. Jimmy Butler is one of the five best – ten best players in the NBA right now. All right. Well, let's kick it to Quincy. All right, Big East Barroom fans, you are in for a real treat today. We are going to meet and talk with Xavier's transfer, Quincy Oliveri. Quincy, how are you today, sir? I got it right, right? Yeah, you got it right. You got it right. I'm doing well. You know, I uh, just got back from shooting. So, you know, I'm kind of done for the day. Just going to relax, chill a little weekend, and get back to it Monday. But I'm doing well. I'm doing good. And so, Quincy, you said you're already on campus in Cincinnati. How's the reception been? Good? You excited to be in Ohio? I mean, I say as well. Uh, It's pretty good. You know, it's it's not many people here uh, on campus. And I don't have a car or any transportation, so I'm not really out in the city much. But I say it's gone pretty well. It's a few people that, I mean, that I've, like, come across that are really nice. But for the most part, I've done a lot of my interaction just around campus, on campus. That's really it. But it's been good so far. And you meeting a lot of your new teammates and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. All my teammates are here. They are oh, – we are all connected, clicking well. It's, it's fun. We're having a good time. I actually just went bowling next door with Jerome. Uh, it's a bowling alley like right across the street from where we stay. I love to bowl, so went went next door with with Jerome, and you know we had a good time. I beat him, so you know, but that was as expected. That was gonna be my question: Who's a better bowler, you or Jerome Hunter? Yeah, for sure, I'm definitely a better bowler. I think I'm the best bowler on the team. Actually, you know, the first game I beat Jerome. Uh, you know, I I I shouldn't do this, but I'm a, I'm gonna just pull up the exact score. The first game I won one thirty-seven to seventy-seven. Oh, he put bumpers up for him. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we were so excited to have you on. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, you made such an impact when your transfer was announced, coming to Xavier from Rice. So we definitely want to dive into kind of where you came from. And so the first thing I have on my list I want to talk about is you're originally from Atlanta, Georgia. You played at Westlake High School. Um, played with some really good teams. I believe you won a state tournament at one point. What was that kind of like? How did that prepare you for this level of basketball you're playing now? Oh, it was good. You know, I was a freshman that year, and it was a lot of talent on that team. You know, Chumo Kiki, who now plays for the Orlando Magic. At the time, uh, Georgia Stars, I think, had just won the EYBL, or they were going to win. So it was just a lot of older guys that I kind of looked up to and just saw, like, it's another level of basketball. I passed high school and how serious basketball can get with AAU and stuff like that. So it was just good to be exposed to and and become more knowledgeable about how far you can take basketball. 
Would it be fair to say when you were in high school, you were kind of a stat sheet stuffer? Like I'm looking at your stat, 15, 6, 4, 2. Like you were a, you know, you kind of did everything for the team. Is that kind of what you would describe your high school game as? I mean, high school, I, it, it was a lot. It was, it was, it was free, you know, me, uh, Chase Hunter, who plays basketball at Clemson, uh, Caleb Wallace, Deontay Page, Dylan Hunter, who plays basketball at Clemson. That's actually Chase's little brother. They both play together at Clemson. It was just, it was free. You know, the offense was free. So I wouldn't say I was a stat sheet stuffer. I just, I just love to have a ball in my hand. So I would either try to get it off the glass or I would try to shoot it. So it was just kind of, it was just free. It, yeah, I didn't really know the game of basketball at that age. And, you know, so it was just, it was free. That's the best way I can describe it. At Quincy, you're from Atlanta. A Big East star has recently been drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. Did you grow up a Hawks fan? Oh yes, huge Hawks fan. I mean, I could I could name players that people probably didn't forgot about that and played for the Hawks. But one one person that I always name that'll throw people off is like Josh Childress. He was my favorite player for a while. Uh, you know, Speedy Claxton. But then you got the Mike Bibbies, the the Jeff Teagues, the Jamal Crawford, Joe Johnson. I'm a huge Hawks fan. Huge. And you grew up in a good time of being a Hawks fan. They were that good, you know, that team that made the everybody made the all-star team, you know, with Horford and Corver and Josh Smith and all them. So there was a good time. You guys just couldn't get over the hump. Couldn't. I think that was my ninth or tenth grade year. I can't remember. I think I was in high school because I think that was the 2015, 16. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been eight. I can't remember, but I do remember that time because I went to game three or game two of the Eastern Conference Finals where they got swept by LeBron. And J.R. Smith was just playing hit that game. He was out of this world. He could not miss. So I remember that. Well, we've been watching a lot of Hawks in our house recently for Tyrese Martin, former UConn star. So we are uh, we're new Hawks fans over here. Welcome. <laughs> and then you get you get so you finish your high school career. You know, you guys have a lot of accolades. And then Scott Paris starts recruiting you for Rice. What was it about Rice that made you, you know, um, you know, find a home. You've already talked about how much you love the Houston area. Um, but what about Rice was a home right away? Well, I mean, at that time, I was also a little immaturely thinking. So it was between Cornell and Rice, and I don't like the cold, so I didn't want to go to New York. Oh. And so it, it, I, those are only two schools I had to choose from. I mean, I could get into, like, the details of, like, like Ivy League can't offer full rise scholarship. So my only full-ride scholarship was Rice University, so that kind of made it a little bit easier. But then on the basketball side, Coach Perra just kind of reinforced the development. He could I, – I could just become a great player in that offense, and I'll play around other great players. And, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, he, def- he definitely preached something that I needed to hear, not you're going to come in and start or you're going to play all these minutes and make all these broken – promises but just everything I need to hear which was you're going to get better here you're going to play in a good conference and I'm going to do my best to develop you uh into a great man on and off the court and looking back from where you started at Rice to now you're kind of looking at the end of your career at Rice what skills do you think you developed the most where do you think you see the most progress I'm a lot more comfortable with the ball in my hands I'm a great I'm a better leader I'm not gonna say great I'm not gonna give myself that much credit I'm a better leader I'm I used to work hard in high school, but I, I'm a much more efficient, hard worker. I learned that because in college basketball, man, it's you always on go, so you got to take advantage of the rest breaks. And when you are working hard, you can't just work, work, work because it's it's very taxing being a student athlete in college. So learning that, um, as far as off the court, just maturity, just growing up as a man, you know, I mean, I was went into college 18 years old. I'm 22 now. So just growing as a person, as a man, I'm more mature with the way I think about basketball on and off the court, things that I think about and focus on are way more goal oriented. And just, I have a clear vision because I know what to look for and things like that. So, you know, Coach Perry did a great job of helping me develop as a man, being there for me as a person. And then on the court, just knowing, understanding the game of basketball. Like I could look, I go to high school games now to support some of my younger friends. And I'm talking to myself about uh ball screen defense and how the, how the person in the corner, when the 
person on their side is coming up the screen, how they need to lift higher, or how the defense need to talk more, or how in transition you need to sprint. It's like things, how I see the game is, is way more uh, broken down rather than just get it and go or just shoot or just move around. It's, he, 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 he definitely helped me become a, a better man. And that's just way bigger than basketball. Absolutely. It sounds like coaching could be in your future, Quincy. If you were, uh, if this, you know, in 20 years down the road after a successful NBA career with the Hawks. I think about it. I think about it, honestly. I do. When I, when I think about, uh, when I used to like work the camps at Rice and just kind of like teaching the kids, like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a great or with, with kids and just interacting with them. And then, you know, I just got to work on the teaching part, making sure that if they don't understand that I explain it. So they do understand because sometimes I expect someone to just get it off the first explanation. And so Quincy, you put up numbers at Rice too. You, I mean, your sophomore season, your freshman year, you know, slouch six, you know, you put up six points a game, which in a tough conference, that's really impressive. But then sophomore, you put up 16.3 points per game, 40% from three. I mean, how good were you feeling that sophomore year? I mean, you were a second team conference USA. Like that year seems like, you know, the year you like, I don't want to say click because I know, you know, freshman and sophomore, but it really seems like some good things started happening there. Oh, I, that, that, that quarantine was, I mean, it was a tough time uh, for the world, but it was really like a blessing in disguise because after that first year of basketball or college basketball, I knew what to expect, but and also a lot of, excuse me, a lot of people were leaving. And I, when I first got into college, I was like, I'm going to be the man. I'm just going to come in, take it over. I'm going to do this, this, and that. But college is, it's not like that. You know, it's a big adjustment period for anybody. It's just who can pick it up the quickest is what makes the, the fre which freshman is the be better freshman. So going home, I, I worked day and night. I was working three times a day. I was running miles in my, in, 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 in the city of Atlanta, I was uh, lifting weights in the front yard. I was playing basketball day in, day out. Uh, that whole summer, I, after watching The Last Dance, I, I learned more about Tim Grover. I did Tim Grover's Jump Attack program, which is the second hardest thing that I've done after lifting at Xavier. Um, and I, I mean, I was just dedicated to coming back and just dominating and showing Coach Perry that I was – like the missing piece that he needed to put the team over the top. And with Trey and Drew leaving, I knew that the, a lot of people were going to raise questions of how is Rice going to do. And I just wanted to be the one to say that Rice are going to be just fine because I'm going to have my opportunity. And it was, it was good because like I said, that quarantine, it was just three, four months of just how can you work on yourself to become a better person, basketball player, better human being in general while staying safe obviously and not and not uh spreading the virus or putting anybody else in harm's way so it was it was I mean I my days were wake up basketball lift basketball eat go outside play basketball again watch the last dance come back in play 2k go to sleep wake up do the same it was basketball all day and want to talk about results you end up as the all-time three-point leader in rice history Last year, you led the team in points scored, three-pointers made, and defensive rebounds. I don't know if you knew that. You led the team in def defensive rebounds per game. Um, talk about last year, you make an all-conference USA team. What clicked, you know, and how good did it feel to be able to put up that kind of success? It felt good, you know, because my junior year, a lot of people, they don't really know the story of why why it was such a drop-off. And... I know from when I was looking in, people thought I was just like a one-year wonder. Like, I just hit my sophomore year, and then that was it. But I went through so much that junior year injury-wise that a lot of people don't know outside of my wrist. That just made it – it was just a tough year all around, just on and off the court. So after I broke my wrist February, in February, ironically, uh, against Sule Boom, uh, it was, I mean, that whole summer, the time I was in my cast, I just dedicated every, all the time I had to just making sure that I was going to come back the best basketball player I could possibly be. And that was film study, helping the team with their scouting reports on the road during practice, left hand dribbling, left hand finishing, left hand shooting. I can shoot with my left hand. Uh, a lot of things, just making sure I come back. No question, just like, nah, last year, my junior year, that was just, um, for, that was just 
unforeseen events that I just couldn't control that I try to control that just hurt me in the end. But my sophomore year is who I really am. And so I just came back, worked on my body, wanted to be in the best shape I could possibly be, best uh, condition and uh, mentally and physically I could possibly be. And just come out and show the world that I, I am the player that I know I can be and that it felt good to just get the results because I know without God and without hard work, none of that would have been possible. And, and you talk about that dip, Quincy, but one of the things that impressed me when looking at your stat page is your rebounds per game went way up that junior year, your assists per game went way up that year. And then that senior year, when your points went back up to like where you want them, your rebounds per game and assists per game stayed there too. So it seems like you just, I know that people are going to say it's a dip because you went down a few points per game, but it seems like you became a more complete player. Maybe there was a blessing in disguise that junior year. And that's, that's what coach Pira said, you know, um, he, he, he described it perfectly on his, uh, podcast show last year. He said, you know, Quincy's, Quincy's development, I kind of break it down like this. His freshman year, he was just kind of learning. His sophomore year was just fast. It was just get up, shoot, play fast. He didn't really know the game. But he was playing fast. His junior year, it slowed down. He kind of learned the game, but he broke his wrist and he had to see from like a coach's perspective. So he understand, understood the game and started watching more films, started doing this. And his, his senior year or COVID junior year, it was just, he put it all together. And like that junior year, it was, it helped, as I said, to be injured because I had to take a back seat to the scoring, you know, because what, before I broke my wrist, I actually sprained it. So I was playing with a sprained right wrist, so I couldn't shoot. So I, I I would go rebound the ball and I would do my best to find Carl and Travis or Max so they could score because I couldn't shoot with my right wrist and I would try to play through it. And it didn't, it didn't make it. Feel, I think like the, at the beginning of the year, I started like 0 for 10 from three. And it was like, it started weighing on me mentally, but playing with Carl and Trav and Cam and Max, just having them around me and being able to pass it to them for them to score helped my assist. And then as, as you all said, and coach Paris said, it just allowed me to see the game differently People thought me thought of me as a scoring threat my junior year, but I I mentally couldn't score, so it made me be be able to see the game differently. So then my following year when I could score and was in a better position to score, it was like, well, if you stop me from scoring, I know where the pass is going to be. But if you don't, then I'm going to try to score. So it was it was a blessing in disguise. Quincy, you have such positive things to say about Rice, and I think that's awesome. If you're a young high school player now, you're thinking about you know where you want to go. What does Rice offer, and why should you have that on your radar? Coach Perra, man, I saw a tweet when I first transferred to Xavier. It said, you have to give Coach Perra credit, even if you don't like his coaching or blah, 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 anything you can say bad about Rice, he discovers talent. And they put me, Drew Peterson, Trey, and Trey Murphy. I think it might have been one more. But at least those three names were in the tweet. And when you think about it, Drew Peterson is a first-team All-Pac-12 guard at USC. Trey Murphy's an NBA player, about to get – as long as he has a good third year, he's about to get paid. And I did well at Rice. If I can say so myself, I did pretty well at Rice, and now I'm playing at Xavier. Coach Perra can scout talent. And at Rice right now, I mean, Max is still there. He's a great big man. Travis is a really good, really, really good shooter. I'm not going to say he's better than me. I'm not, I'm, so I'm going to say really, really good. He's a really, really good shooter. He's great. I, I'm gonna say that he's great. He's a great shooter. And then you got Makai Mason, who's a young, young buck. He was my rook last year. Can really, really play. You know, he also recruited Keanu Doss. You know, he 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 can scout talent. I mean, he can go back to James Harden if you want to, but he can scout talent. He cares about his players. Like it's, I would be one of the people to say that outside of basketball, you can go to Coach Perry about anything. I've cried on his shoulders about a lot of stuff. He's been there to help me and he'll develop you. And, you know, I, I have nothing negative to say about coach pair. I mean, he, he always even asked me like what are things he could do better as a coach or in practice to make it more fun and stuff like that. So like that type of stuff could like show you that he cares about you outside of basketball. He always used to ask me, how are the guys? And like, do you think they need a break? Like, do you think I'm going too hard? Like, should I take this out? Or if we're doing this in practice, how much time? You know, I, Coach Perry, if you are coming out of high school and Rice is recruiting you, don't overlook them just because people say that they're only care about school and they're not good at athletics. Like, 
Coach Perra was someone that I will forever have in my life because of how much he meant to me and how much he really helped me grow as a person. No, I love Coach- that. We have a ton of respect for that. That's really cool. And Coach Perra, if you're listening, it's bigger than basketball, and you clearly understand that. So appreciate it. And now we appreciate, you know, you had those four years at Rice. Amazing. We only have good things to say, but you decide to come, you know, enter your name into the transfer portal. You have big time people coming after you. Miami, who went to the Final Four, Auburn, Texas, Xavier. How did Sean Miller convince the kid who wanted to or lived in Texas and loved Texas not to go to Texas? Man. <laughs> <laughs> That was the tough part, too, because when I first entered the transfer portal, I thought I was going to go to Texas. Honestly, I don't know if a lot of people know that. I thought, I mean, that's two and a half hours up the street from where my mom lives. My mom lives in Houston, so she could have been in almost every game. I thought I was going to Texas, especially after the game I had against them. But Sean Miller, he called me one one Sunday. Adam Cohen, Coach Cohen, he called me one Sunday. He was like, he's free for a call with Coach Miller. They had just got back from the game against Texas where they lost. I think that was that that it was a Sunday. They got back. And I was like, yeah, I'm free. I'm just chilling in my room. I remember I was laying in my bed. I can describe it perfectly. My door is on that side, and I'm laying across the bed this way with my head off the bed because I've been on the phone all day, all morning, honestly. I'm like, yeah, I'm free for a call. Coach Miller calls me. He, he well, Coach, Coach Cohen calls me and then asks Coach Miller to the call. Man. I got chills. Like that was the only phone call out of like the 40 plus schools that I talked to where the head coach called me and like, I got chills of just like the life he spoke into me. Just one of the first things he said was you, you want to go to NBA? You want to be a pro? Like I, I, I can help you do that. I can develop you. I can put you in the best position to go there and like off rip. I mean, I only have one year. Technically I'm a one and done prospect. Like, so that, that he, that has to be something that, he had to talk about because obviously that's where I want to be in the end. He talked about that. He talked about winning. He talked about a lot of a lot of stuff that I cared about that revolved around basketball. And it was just like I remember after that like twenty minute phone call, I called my mom and was like, I just got off the phone with Xavier or with Coach Miller, and my I got chills. Like, like he spoke so much life into me and made me like like envision myself just being this player and dominating and and having fun and I mean we're gonna win some we're gonna lose some I'm gonna have some hard days some good days but when it's all said and done I'm gonna look back and be like coach Miller like he was right and I I just told her and she was like you know my mom me and my mom were heavy in the word she was like that's that's gotta be God speaking to you through coach Miller he's telling you exactly what you wanted what you need to hear but what you want to hear like what you're looking for in the school and you know that that Puts them number one on my list, and you know LSU was in that uh, up there. Uh, uh, Ole Miss was up there because uh, Coach Coach Beard called me. Um, I had like I have I have a notepad that I have in a in a secret in a secret place in my mom's room because it was a lot of notes that I took from a lot of coaches, a lot of calls that could have went one way, but after a while, you know Miami. They it took them to I still kept them in there. They were, Coach Kimball was texting me, but he couldn't give him his full undivided attention until they lost. And I told him that, like, you know, they they were in the final four. I can't hold it against you that y'all were winning. But it's also getting to like April and I don't wanna miss out on opportunities because I wanted, you know, Miami, they coach Larry Nega, I spoke to him on the phone. They were up front, but they were honest and I liked them. I appreciated that. I they I like Miami, uh, Auburn, Coach Pearl, and Coach Bowman. They were on me pretty early. Coach Pearl called me the within like an hour, called me twice, and left a voicemail. Then we talked. Bruce Pearl does a great job of recruiting out of Atlanta, so I feel like I've known him all my life. And he, him and Coach Bowman came in for a house visit. I really liked Auburn. I did. I did. I, I liked Auburn. And then Denver Jones committed. And I kind of feel like I needed to back up a little bit and kind of like re-evaluate that because they still had Aiden Holloway coming in and Katie Johnson coming back and then Denver Jones coming in. So I feel like I had to reevaluate that, but I really did like Auburn. I had a visit scheduled for Auburn. I had to cancel it, but I really liked Auburn. And Texas, it was tough. It was a lot of moving pieces that 
they didn't really know what was going on yet. And I, I mean, I told them that I, I wanted to go there, but you know, it, it just didn't, it didn't work. I never got to talk to coach Rodney Terry on the phone. So that, and I was just like, I just didn't want to wait around for that while Xavier was just showing me everything I needed. So I sat back for, I think I asked my mom and my uh, NIL representative to like, kind of like just leave me alone for a couple of days. I just sat in the quiet, didn't answer any calls, prayed. And the day I committed to Xavier, it was actually a week before that I publicly committed. I went into Coach Perry's office. We talked. And like that's how that's, that should tell you like how close we are because he helped me with my recruitment when I was leaving him. He still helped me with my recruitment. Like Coach Perry is a stand-up guy. Like I love Coach Perry. And we talked, and I was like, you know what? Forget it. Uh Give me a second, Coach P, and I call my mom and I call my dad. I put him on the, I put him on three way call and I told Coach Pear, I said I'm finna do it right now. Call Coach Miller. Call Coach Miller. This is the same day Davion McKnight uh committed. That same Monday, Coach Miller on the phone. My parents on my phone. Coach Miller on Coach Pear's phone. I go, Coach Miller, let's. I want to make your day even better and let you know that I'm committed to Xavier University. I'm gonna be a Musketeer next year and. That's it. I'm done. I'm I'm committed to you. And he was like shocked, like because he he honestly was worried that I was gonna go to Texas, even though they they did a really good job. He still was worried I was going to Texas, and I told him like I'm I'm done. That's where I'm going next year. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And he was like, at first, because I play a lot. He said, "Are you serious? Like, is this a joke? Are you playing a prank?" I was like, "No. Like, I got Coach Perry here. I got my mom, and my dad on the phone. Like." this is it. Like I'm coming to Xavier. He was like, man, this is the best day ever. Let's do it. Like he texted their coaches group chat. Like y'all won't believe what Quincy just did. Like I thought it was a prank. Yeah. It was a great day. It was a great day. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now that's great. Now, did you know, so obviously you already knew Davion had committed to Xavier and then I'm gonna mess up his name. Abu Uzman from North. Abu, yeah, Abu. He they, uh, follows you later. Did you know you were creating a Conference USA super team at Xavier? So when Xavier came in for an in-home visit, the first day out of the day period for transfers, they told me, like, these are people that were recruiting. And I was like, no, yeah, I like Davion. So I knew about Davion. I played him three years. I know him pretty well. I have a lot of respect for him. And so when they told me that they were recruiting him, I was like all all on deck. So I was like, I know who I know who he is. Like it's, I've seen him play firsthand. Like I've scouted against him. Like I just played him like three weeks ago. So I know who he is. And I was all on board with that. Now once I committed, Coach Cohen was like, Let me get your opinion on a boo. And I told him everything that I knew about him. Being at I played him at North Texas three years. I think three years. I can't remember when a boot came in, but at least two. And so I was like, yeah, I know, I know about him real well. He scouted me. He knows me well. So these are kind of like cool because these are like familiar faces, almost like I won't be jumping into it. All new faces, which, you know, it was still good, but it, it was just like, you know, it's kind of familiar faces. And then once a boot committed, it was just kind of funny. Cause this was, I, I kind of called it a CUSA all-star team because those are three all conference players on one team, but you know, that that we gotta give our props to Sule Boom on that one because he made Conference USA look good and then FAU Final Four, uh North Texas and UAB NIT championship game and then Charlotte winning the CBI, you know, it just made Conference USA look even better. I'm sorry. So Quincy, you're six foot three. Is that with or without shoes? Let's be honest here. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Who do you model your game after? Bradley, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill, a lot of people say CJ McCullough. Uh, recently, I've been getting a lot of like, uh, like a Tyrese Maxey or a Gabe Vincent. And then the funny one, when I take my braids out and I'm playing an Afro, I get De'Aaron Fox in yeah. Houston. I get De'Aaron Fox in Houston and in Dallas because that's De'Aaron Fox is from Houston. And so you arrive at Xavier and they have one of, you know, a lot of people's favorite for a sophomore breakout season, Desmond Claude. Desmond Claude. Yes, sure. um, we loved watching him last year. We're expecting big things. What's it going to be like playing next to him? You obviously you're coming with Davion. You guys make a hell of a backcourt. What's that like? Uh, playing with that De Desmond, it'll, it'll be fun. You know, Desmond was here on my visit. 
and I met him and I've been kind of cool with him and we just kind of clicked off rip. So that was good because Desmond, like you said, I, I think he's poised for a breakout season too. Six five strong can can jump. I mean, I don't see why he doesn't dunk the ball every time, but he, he can dribble really well. He's strong. He's strong. Uh, that'll be fun. And then Davion, I think, I think next year the, It'll, it'll just be amazing just to play play with these people. You know, I had a lot of fun playing with the people I played with at Rice, but, you know, this is a new environment, new change, and I'm excited for, A, to play with them, but, A, just to – and, B, just to play in with these new great guards also. Like, I've been playing with great guards all my life. If you really think about it from high school, like I said, Jamie and Danny Lewis, Chase Hunter, Dylan Hunter, uh, fresh at Rice, uh, Trey Murphy – Aiko Adams, like then they leave and me and me and Trav, then me, Trav and Carl, then me, Trav and Makai, you know, so I've just been around great guards all my life. And so playing with these other two great guards will be an even more fun experience. And if that backcourt, you know, you do what you guys do, you have a hell of a front court too, because Jerome Hunter and Zach Fremantle, Zach Fremantle has got to be chomping at the bit to get back onto that court after, you know, he saw his, that. I think Xavier was going to the final four if he was healthy last year. That's what a lot of, that's what, that's what they were saying last year. They, they were saying that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, uh, this is another thing that gave me chills too. Coach Cohen was talking to me before I got up here and he was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. We had, we, we do this, we're doing this, we preparing for this. We can go to the final four this year. And I was just like, like my four years in college, I've never ever heard like we can we trying to go to the final four. Like, you know, uh, it was just like, oh my god, because I I I was working the final four in Houston last year. I had to get some internship hours for Professor Stalin so I could graduate. So I saw it up close and personal, like how serious and how live that is. And to hear like this is our goal, it was just like, oh my god, like. You know, at Rice, we we just wanted to make it to the tournament. We wanted to get to the tournament and win. Uh, we wanted to win the conference tournament and then want to make it to the NCAA tournament. Like that was that was a blessing for us, you know. So to be at a place where it's like, no, we're trying to get to the Final Four. That that was just like, that's crazy, you know. Absolutely. Um. So you guys, Xavier fans, really excited to, for this upcoming year. We. God, we've been um, – you're getting me excited just talking about it. What do you think – what do you want to save your fans to look out for in your game? What do you think, like, uh, you know, what do you think is going to be your biggest contribution to the Xavier Musketeers next year? Nah, but next year, you can just – I the one thing I pride myself on is energy. I'm a, I'm the, I'm one of the energy guys on the team. I bring a lot of fun. I smile a lot. I joke a lot. So energy uh, and then shooting. You know, I like to say that I'm I like to pride myself on my shooting. So hopefully I can make a lot of threes in the Sentai Center next year, make a lot of threes on the road at Marquette, at UConn, at Seton Hall, you know, at all these Big East schools. And hopefully I can help us win some games. You know, I I came in here and I told Coach Cohen I wanna what are things I need to get better on. I want to work on my ball handling and my defense. You know, though I can be up front. You can never be able to dribble the ball too well. You and you can, every team needs a defender. It don't matter how how good you think you can defend, you can always take it another step. And so I want to be able to be a better defender and, and handle the ball better. So those are two things that I'm working on every day. But what you can expect from me is great positive energy and some shooting. Quincy, before we get you out of here, I, I have a quick game for you. And I, how well do you know your stats? So you ready for this? Okay. It's these are your career. This is over your career. I want, do you know who you scored the most points again in your career? Yes. HBU 35, my sophomore year. Let's go. I should have had 40 against West. Hold on. Hold on. If I don't know if this is like, if y'all, if coach Perry is going to ever listen to this, yes. but he knows. And we joke about it to this day. My game against Western I, I could have had 40, but at once they were fouling, I, I, they couldn't find to give me the ball anymore because I was the first person they were looking for to deny the ball. Can't blame them. But Coach Scott Perra, if you are listening and you ever listen to this, my game against Northwestern State, you know, you know, I should have had 40 points 
because I had 30 points with 10 minutes to go in the second half. But you took me out. I'm going to leave it at that. Come on, we, we laugh about it. We laugh about it. So it ain't, this is more of a joke than anything. But he knows because I joke about him. When people ask me, I tell him, well, my career high is 35, but, and I always look at Coach Para, it could have been 40. He starts laughing. He starts laughing. He says, that's on me. That's on me. And then we kind of joke about it. But yeah, that's my, that Coach Para is my guy. What about rebounds per game? You got that one? That was definitely against. That was my junior. It's quick question. Is it teens or is it? I know it's double digit, but is it teens? It it is in the teens. Yes. So is it? I think it's thirteen. It is thirteen. Do you know who it is against? My junior or senior year? Quick question. Junior year, if I'm doing my math right here. Uh, that was it. Was it was like right before I broke my wrist? So I think that was UTSA. You know your stat twelve. <laughs> that was the game right before I broke my wrist. Your thirteen rebounds, UTSA, two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah, that was my junior year. And I got one more for you, and this one I I need to hear the story about this one too. Three points attempted in a game. Woo! ODU sophomore year, seventeen. Yes, sir. <laughs> Please tell me how you were jacking 17 threes up. I was seven for 17, so that's still good percentage. Yep. But ODU ran a one-three-one zone, and the way we beat it was Coach Perry just put me in the corner, put Max at the top. You hit Max, nobody's stopping, nobody's taller than Max. He turns around and just throws it to me in the corner. So I, I in the first half, I had like five, four, five threes. You know, because all I had to do was just sit in the corner and just wait for the ball. And if they overplayed the corner, I just cut back door. You know, and it was just like, like that was that game plan was like insane. Like it was like I remember we walked through, and the coach Perry was like, "They run a one through one, so it's not much scouting. We're just gonna put Max right here, put Quincy in in this corner, and just turn around and throw it to Quincy in the corner." And I started the game off. I missed like my first three, and then I just. They call it the airplane game because one of the threes, I just ran down the court just like an airplane. And after the score, after the game was over, we looked at the score sheet and it was 17-3. I was like, it didn't even feel like it, but I hit seven. So that's like 40-some percent. It's like, it's, that's still a good percentage. So, yeah, that that I'll, that will, I will never forget that game. Well, you know your stats pretty well. You went three for three there. <laughs> a three-point shooter. Quincy, will we see a 17-shot uh, night at Xavier? I don't think so. You know, I I want to break. I, I wanted to break it and go twenty, but after that game or after that year, people play the three ball. They they just like sit almost like how they used to play James Harden and stop the step back. Where just they would just play behind them. Like that's almost what they do at at Rice. They would just like crowd the ball screen or they would make me wrap it or like even in pickup. Like I hit a lot. I hit a good amount of threes the first time we played pickup, and Jerome and Abu. Like they just crowd me now, so like I can't even get the ball off. And so I, I, and at the big in the Big East, I mean, I'm playing against uh, Coach Hurley, you know, Coach Shaka Smart, you know, those those are great coaches also. So they they definitely are gonna have a try their best to have a good game plan to stop me from shooting threes. So I mean, I I don't think I'll get up 17, but if I do, I just pray that I shoot. If I get at least 17, I pray I make at least seven. And you better hit the airplane in the Big East. The airplane. Man. Now, I don't know. I got to come up with a new celebration because I hear Suli Boone's celebration was close close to a little airplane. So I got to think of something new. Well, Quincy, we're so excited to have you in the Big East. This has been a blast. Turns out you're a super funny guy along with a great basketball player. So thank you so much for coming and joining us. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. All right, Xavier fans. You got a good one. And Quincy, he is going to prove a lot of people right who took a chance on him. He speaks so highly about his time at Rice. Um, he's going high character individual, going to a high character institution. Um, so I hope you guys and we hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, the plan is to put out a lot more content. We got a lot of players we are going to be talking to. We already have a backlog of some interviews, including the highest rated recruit that is not going to UConn. Who's going to the Big East? Is that correct, right? Mr. Garway Dual, who will be coming on the podcast. We already have done that interview. Um, all these guys are so awesome to us. So the best way that you can support us 
and get more of your favorite players on is to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, take your mom's phone, make her follow us on Twitter, do whatever you need to do because this only happens because of you guys. They see that we are, you know, we have some legitimate people on um, and we have some legitimate followers and they come for you guys. Um, So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys. And if there's ever anything you want to hear us talk about this off season, you know, comment on Twitter, comment on Instagram, tell us what you want to hear us talk about and we'll make sure to work it into the show. And as always, thank you for pulling up a stool.